Welcome to the Family Pet Podcast, a podcast for curious pet parents where we believe that the more you know about pet healthcare, the better pet parent you can be. Today, we are joined by one of our favorite team members from Family Pet Health, Stephanie Adams, to talk about veterinary technicians and how they help provide for the care of your pet. So sit back and let's get started with the Family Pet Podcast. Brother, brother, we, we made it to episode three. That's uh, they have not taken us off the air yet. This is That's good. Surprising. Thanks everybody for joining the Family Pet Podcast. My name is Michael Shirley, and I'm Stephen Shirley. And today we are going to be joined by a guest. It's our it's our a, first guest. It's our first guest of our podcast. Well, yeah, you, it's our first. You, you kind of had a guest in episode uh, one well this is our first guest that's recording live with live us at the same time in the spread the positive studio with us that's right we have stephanie adams a licensed veterinary medical technician an lvmt that's quite the mouthful stephanie it sure is. It's a it's a long title, but there's a lot that we do in that. Um, so we can shorten that by just saying vet tech or veterinary technician. That's a protected name now that only licensed professionals can use. Ooh, sounds Fancy. good. Fancy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. More yeah. than either one of us have. I was going to give a, a, a like my little you know question for you was something about like, would you trust me to draw your blood uh, with a needle? No. Why not? I no, could, I could, <laughs> because you wouldn't you wouldn't draw the blood in, out. You would like stick put the air, needle through, put, put air in, <laughs> try to get, take him out. No, so. but it, fun fact: Stephanie, I have actually had her because she has medical training. I had thought I had something, um, and so outside the clinic, she kind of looked at my eye and was like, "I don't see anything." I trusted her to help me with that. Because she's a licensed veterinary technician? No, you more, are like a more, dog. More just because I, I trust Stephanie far more than I trust you. Well, this is, so. I wouldn't blame you for that. All right. So I, w- I guess my other thing is like, when's the last time you went to the doctor's office and had a doctor draw your blood? Never. I the can't awkward think pause. I remember we're on the air here, okay? Like Everybody a, doesn't see my face of trying to count. Never. Uh, never. It doesn't happen, right? Doctors do doctor things, and who does blood draws and some? The phlebotomist or the it's nurse. The right? nurse. So yeah. it's the same at the vet office. Um, our doctors don't do all of – I mean, it's not that they can't do it, but it is uh, not their – that's not what I hire them to do, right? I hire people that are licensed veterinary technicians to come in and help and be that right-hand man or woman for our doctors. And Stephanie has been with our office for um, just almost from the beginning. I think mm-hmm. joined us about six months after we opened. So right. a lot of people know you and recognize you just as much as they see the doctor um, because you're in the room a lot. Sometimes we have just tech appointments. So we're going to talk about all of these different things. Um, but Stephanie, you mentioned at the beginning here that you are credentialed and that this is a licensed position. So can you tell me just what is a vet tech? Sure. So a vet tech, you can attend either a two or four year post-secondary institution. We have some really good programs close by. And after you graduate with your degree in veterinary technology, you have to apply to take your what's called your national boards, which is a statewide test um, of about 300 questions. And if you get a passing rate, then you are apl- you're able to get your license. 
That's cool. You have to go, like, you uh, pass the test, and then you have to submit an application to the State Board of Medical Examiners. Right, including your fingerprints and background check. And why is that? Like, why do you have to do fingerprints and background checks and things? Is what What's... What's the purpose for that? Yeah, we are registered with the state and with a license. So we have that medical license that says we are able to do these certain things. And um, Stephen's making you know. motions over there. I think what he's trying to get to you to talk about is like controlled drugs and things yep. like that. That's so, right. So one of the things that, for example, in our clinic, we have a, a safe that has controlled drugs. And what is that? What are controlled drugs and why can you have access to the safe, but I don't? That's a good question, Stephen. So controlled drugs um, have to be dispensed by a prescriber that has the DEA qualifications. So there are certain, they have to have a certain license um, to even dispense those or have them in the building. And the reason that you're trusted that with the license is that you've been through that background check, you've been through the fingerprinting, and you're also in the, the state system that if something were to go wrong, you can be tracked back to your license. So there's a lot of responsibilities that go with exactly. liabilities with, yeah. with the license. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so you you talked a little bit about uh, the LVMT. Are there other so for people that are listening? Are there other um, titles for a licensed technician besides the licensed veterinary medical technician? Other acronyms. Yeah, so across the U.S., we actually use several different ones. There's RVT, which is registered, certified, or just licensed. Tennessee is, fun fact, the only LVMT state in the U.S. Whoop, whoop. She, she just, our fun fact. She dropped day. our fun fact, just dropped That's it right. into we'll, casual conversation. We'll, we'll remind everybody at the end of our fun fact for the day. So uh, so, uh, so LV, LVT, licensed veterinary mm-hmm. technician. LVMT, LVMT, RVT, mm-hmm. registered, or CVT, certified. So as people look at their their veterinarian's website, they may, if they see those little, the name, comma, something like LVMT, LVT, that probably is what that means. Correct. And that means that those individuals have gone through post-secondary education. Correct. So, so you said that you could either do a two-year program... Um, or there's also the four-year programs. Correct. Okay. And so what are the things that you learn in school? So in school, we learned about all different types of species, everything from a horse to a frog. Uh, We learned how to obtain blood samples. We learned all the basics from anatomy to physiology to what every drug does in every side effect. It's a big range in school. That sounds super stressful. It sure can be. (laughs) (laughs) And I think that some people would be surprised to know, um, and we'll, that, that when when veterinarians go to vet school and when technicians go to tech school, you don't get to go in and say, "I'm only going to work on dogs and cats." Like right, you, you have learn to all learn the all. animals. So what was the what was the most fun experience that you had like what, with an, working with an animal while you were in school? Any crazy stories that you can share? Um, so I have a really big phobia of mice. I'm straight. I'm terrified. Um, and we had to do a lab in class with mice, and I was so scared, and I thought I could just push through this fear, and I'll just grab this little mouse like my instructor showed us. You just grab him right by the scruff, and I went to go grab him, and he turned around and bit me. And turn it, I had the only mean mouse in the whole class, oh, no. but I still had to push through my fear and I did everything I needed to do that little mouse, but he was the meanest one in the bunch. Oh, the luck of the draw did <laughs> exactly. not, was not in your favor. So. No. So can you tell our listeners a little bit about that? Maybe, you know, we have uh, listeners from all ages and stages of life. So if there's a, a, an elementary kid that's listening or a high school student that's thinking about veterinary medicine, and maybe they've only ever considered being a veterinarian, um, 
tell them a little bit about what the what the day in the life of a veterinary technician is. Veterinary medicine can vary so widely, just things that we do every day to where you can even work. You can work in research labs to private practice, emergency. Everyone can kind of find their niche in what you like and enjoy. Um, In our general practice, I may be found doing things from I'll be in surgery one or two days a week with running anesthesia, pre-medding patients and seeing them throughout a full anesthesia procedure like a dental. Or there may be more days that we're in those outpatient rooms where we may be getting blood samples on pets, giving vaccines, checking vitals, filling medication. We kind of double as like a pharmacy tech, an anesthesiologist, a human nurse. A lot of human roles kind of all into one. There's never quite a dull day in the veterinary world. That's a that's a, a something that I, I hear a lot in, in veterinary medicine that our, our veterinarians have to learn how to be specialized across a broad spectrum of species. Uh, they have to know how to to uh, the systems. They have to focus on both internal, external um, weight. So it's not they're not. Uh, specialized on one on just the feet or they're not just the the uh, the GI system they have to know a lot and, and you're saying from the the technician's perspective it's the same concepts you've got to know information across species across um, the, the 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 body systems and in, in all of it exactly it's amazing the the wealth of knowledge that you and the other team of uh, veterinary technicians at our office have. I, I am constantly um, amazed by by what you all know and and how it's just there. I can ask you a question, you can just talk to me for twenty minutes. Like we can do a whole podcast on just all sorts of things that Stephanie living inside Stephanie's brain. Um, so Stephen mentioned that that you know a, a little bit about everything, but. Are there ways to spe- to become a specialist in the veterinary technician world? Yes, veterinary technicians can specialize, and they're adding new specialties, it seems like, every year, too. You can go into nutrition, dental, pretty much any aspect that of veterinary medicine that you'd like to special in, specialize in. And what is the title for when you become, you have to go take another test and become certified in that, right? Right. So, when you want to specialize, you have to um, do a few years. Each specialization has different criteria, but you have to have years in the in the field, and you have to do a lot of case studies and research papers, and it's a whole application application process, um, same as when you're getting your license. And then once you reach that status of specialization past your test, then you're in LVT or RVT, whichever, with a VTS. So a veterinary technician specialist. specialist. So yep. the VTS. So as people look on websites, when you see, if we saw, now, Stephanie, you don't have your VTS yet, but it was uh, something that maybe you're thinking about? Some, maybe, maybe one yeah. day. So the uh, so you might be Stephanie Adams, comma, LVMT, comma, BTS. Uh, BTS, yep. sorry. I just all lost the it. letters. Yeah, all the letters. <laughs> Give me all. The, and you're also the, an FFP, a fear-free professional, right? That's right. So tell me a little bit about your experience um, with with fear-free as being a, and being in a, a, a technician. Like, tell me, tell me a little bit about that. Fear-free will save our veterinary technician's profession. Um, I think this is going to decrease our burnout rate or, you know, just in having that joy in the field. Because I know for me, it's it's a lot better that I can help that patient's mental abilities as well as their physical well-being. Mm-hmm. I, got, I got out of order on my questions. I was going to ask you about the life expectancy in the, in the career field of a veterinary technician. What is that right now? That is at six years is the average. Six years from when they graduate to when they leave the field completely. And w- what are the main reasons that, that our technicians are leaving the field? 
A lot of the reason it's called burnout or compassion fatigue, where you just don't feel like you can care anymore. You've given out all of your emotions and you just you can't help any more people. Um, also low pay, high turnover rate, um, low respect in the field. There's a lot of unfortunate things that push us more towards that low life expectancy of your career. Right. And, and in Tennessee, we're, we're, um, you mentioned at the very beginning that a technician is a protected status. So tell Correct. me, tell me a little bit about that. That is one of those things that I think is, is, uh, the rec- it combats the lack of recognition that some of our technicians feel. So tell me a little bit about what that means to have a protected title. So it used to be that a vet tech was kind of a broad term to whoever worked in the clinic that wasn't the vet. Oh, they were one of the vet techs. But then we were seeing that people were going to school and becoming a veterinary technician with a degree behind it. And it was confusing for those pet parents or just general population to understand, well, it's a vet tech just works at the vet clinic. They're not knowing that there's an education or a license or years behind that title. And so what happened was that vet techs felt like they weren't getting the respect and the need that they we're wanting. So the state stepped in and they have put a law that this is protected. Anyone that uses that term um, can face some repercussions. So if you're not a certified or licensed veterinary technician, what would the titles that our listeners would see on websites? Sure, those are your veterinary assistants. Those okay. are non-licensed veterinary professionals. Okay. And it's not to say that they're not skilled. No, I need my veterinary assistants right. every day. Yeah. And some, and there are veterinary assistants that have more years of, of experience than you do. Exactly. Right. But um, I have my own opinions here, but I'm going to ask you, wh- what do you think is the main difference? Like, why would people, if you can do a lot of the same things, even if, it, it, let's just say this, for example, um, blood draws mm-hmm. and, and running lab work or assisting in surgery, those things, anybody can be anybody can be hired at a vet's office and trained to do those things at the vet office and then allowed to do them, right? So, I, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I do not do this, but... Dr. Shirley could tell me how to monitor anesthesia. She could tell me how to do that and give me a 10, 15 minute rundown and then tell me like alert me when the numbers on this little monitor drop to a certain level. Okay. And that I can do that, Mm -hmm. but do I really, what's the difference between that and what you do? So when you have a licensed professional, you have that education behind their name, that they have done the schooling, they've learned the basics up to where they need to know, and they have all those foundational knowledge present. And so that's also putting the value in education and spending the time that you've invested, your time and money into this career. Mm -hmm. Now, how many, one of the things you said, the time, how much time do you put in during that, those two years? I mean, it's two-year training, but... What are you doing during that training, and, and how much time do you just spend in getting that degree? So you have your average, you know, 30, 40-hour uh, in classes on average uh, per week, and then you also have clinical rotations, which is where you're spending about 8 to 20 hours per week in a clinical rotation where you're, you're basically like an, an unpaid internship. And so when it all all totals up, I, I think you you'd mentioned sometime uh, previously to me in, in the clinic that was hundreds of hours of, of clinical rotation hours? Correct. Close to about 200 hours, I think, is required each semester. And that's each semester. Correct. So, yeah. So when you come out of school, there is a level of training that's built in, experience built in coming out of uh, school. Right. And I think the clinical um, instructors at the, the vet tech schools do a really good job, too, preparing you for life situations with those clinicals. 
What do you think is the goal? Like, what what would you like to see happen in the vet tech world is to help with uh, recognition and and um, and could combat the burnout that that we're seeing? Like, what's your vision for vet techs in in Tennessee? Mm. My vision is that every vet tech has the respect and recognition he or she deserves, and that they are able to use their abilities as much as they can. I think within that licensure, right? From our from the vet tech's job description on from the state of Tennessee, we're basically allowed to do anything except for prescribe medications, diagnose, and do surgeries. Mm-hmm. So I think as long as we practice within that, I think we, the sky's the limit for vet techs, and we can even start more roles. You know, there may be a vet nurse practitioner role in the future, and there's so much we can take with this. Yeah, and we're, we're actually um, not many vet offices are, but I, I, I'm in, I'm a proponent of that. I think mm-hmm. that. Um, as anyone that has tried to book an appointment recently knows, the the demand is up for vet care and yes. our capacity. Like, there's only so many appointments that our doctors can see each day, and I think having uh, more trained, licensed technicians could uh, help alleviate that if if we are able to allow them to see patients um, on the tech visits, kind of like when. I go to urgent care. I don't usually see a doctor. I see a nurse practitioner. So, precisely. Um, I think that's on the. I think that's on the horizon for us. So, tell me a little bit about what is your favorite thing to do as a vet veterinary technician. My favorite thing is really helping that human animal bond. So when you have a sick pet and you can help them to get better and reunite them with their owner or working toward through some behavioral issues that maybe has hindered that bond, but now you're going to work together. I really like just making sure that those relationships stay positive and that we can do everything we can to keep that pet with their pet baron as long as they can. What's the grossest thing you've ever done as a veterinary technician? Mm. It's a hard. It's a hard question. There's so many things. There's so there's, many things. There. Oh, I. There was one day I expressed anal glands in the room with a with an older pug, and I just happened to be talking to the pet parent oh. at the same time I was doing it, and shoo, right in my mouth. Oh my goodness! <laughs> and they do taste as bad as they smell. Oh, that's that's more. that just makes me cringe. That's cringe. I need to tell you a funny story about you know my daughter Mahela. Uh, she was at school one day, and they were the teacher was asking them asking the class, what do you all want to be when you grow up? And Mahela, one of her classmates said, I want to be a veterinarian. And Mahela asked her, why do you want to be a veterinarian? And she goes, because I want to work with animals. And Mahela goes, well, I don't think you should be a veterinarian. They just are on the phone and doing computer notes all the time. (laughs) (laughs) And And she goes, and she said, you might want to be a veterinary technician instead. Smart girl. She is. She's very aware of her surroundings. So that, so I mean, honestly, um, the doctors at in an appointment will come in with a veterinary technician. They do the exam, and then they'll call out, this is what we want to do today. We're going to do, uh, let's say the dog comes in for itchy ears or smelly ears or something, and the doctor's going to be like, "I want to. we want to take some samples here from the ears. We're going to do the ear cytology. Then we're going to clean the ears. We're going to prescribe antibiotics if it's an infection or do something else if it's not or fungus or whatever. You know more about that than me. But usually then the doctor's like, okay, I'm turning this over to Stephanie, our technician. She's an expert in all of these things, and let me know if there's an issue. Then the doctor literally does just leave and goes and starts typing up notes, right? Yep, and, and that we can really utilize our vet techs like that too. You know, it frees our doctors up more. Yep, so they can see the next patient. If exactly. we, we just need more yep. veterinary technicians. Right. So if a student is out there and um, they're thinking about entering the, the animal care industry, do you recommend a career as a veterinary technician? 
I do recommend it. I think that we can all find our passion in it and find your little niche in the veterinary medicine world. There's a lot of things that you can do. And maybe if you're not happy in one position, there are a lot of other ones open. And there's a lot, there are a lot of, um, a lot of options out there for veterinary technicians. Yes. It it is the hiring, the job demand for that position. uh, The company's looking for LVMTs or CVTs or RVTs, whatever the the licensed veterinary technician, the demand is high, and right now the supply is is somewhat not low. as high, not as high, <laughs> not, not as, as high. high, not as high. So well, if someone if someone was wanting to go just and thinking that's what they want to do after high school, they just apply to a a, a program. What? Well, first, they would need to start their general education classes required in college. And then after you get a semester or two done, then you start the application process. But they are required usually to spend some time in a clinical setting just shadowing, making sure that this is something you could see yourself doing. Right. That's the easiest way to prevent burnout is to make sure that, that it's what you want to do when you get started. Yep. Yep. So uh, not every college and university has a vet tech program, right? So right. what when people are thinking about maybe entering this field, how do they go about searching to find available programs? So you can go onto the AVMA website, and there there is a link that has the list, because they need to be credentialed. There are different programs that they might not be credentialed, which could be a waste if you can't get your license at the end. So always make sure that they are accredited. And we have got um, a few online programs that are available. And then locally, we have a couple of really great schools in Columbia and Gallatin. Okay, so go to the American Veterinary Medical Association website and find a list of accredited technician Mm -hmm. programs. And then contact those programs to see what the prerequisites are. Because it sounds like you can't just go directly to tech school. You have to have some prerequisites done. Right. And then uh, those those folks will get you started on the right path. That's right. Good. Well, Stephanie, thank you. I, I want you to know I can speak on behalf of Dr. Shirley and tell you how valued you are as a part of our team and uh, and all of our other uh, licensed technicians, uh, Zoe and, and Kelly and, and the others uh, that we have and the, the students that we've had move through. I, I, the future for this industry and in, in the career of veterinary technicians is very bright. And I think that you are a great teacher and you do a really good job of working with all of our students to foster their desire and passion for veterinary care and that it's it's easy for see it's easy for for our clients to see the quality of care that you provide and the um the level of knowledge that you have and so i want you to this is just uh, this was on, on record and recorded forever that we appreciate you and we're we see you as a very valuable member of our team Thank you. Yeah. Well, I, we hope that you've enjoyed this episode of the Family Pet Podcast, a podcast for curious pet parents. Uh, we know that uh, – go ahead, Stephen. He's I, got something to say. We wanted to talk about – remember our fun fact for oh, today. Yes. How many fact. How many states utilize the LVMT acronym, and it's only one? The state of Tennessee. Because Tennessee's got to be different. Got to be best. Well, we are also a different type of podcast. Uh, I'm not sure exactly how, but anyone that listens, it's probably apparent to you. A little different. That's right. A little different. Well, join us next time. Uh, Hopefully, they'll let us do episode four here. Uh, Thanks to Trent, our producer here at Spread the Positive Studios in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. If you're thinking about starting a podcast, check him out first. He can help you, even if you're not here local. Uh, But uh, until next time, thanks for listening to the Family Pet Podcast. The Family Pet is a podcast for curious pet parents, where we believe that the more you know about pet health care, the better pet parent you can be. 
The Family Pet is a production of Family Pet Health, PLLC, and recorded in the studios of Spread the Positive Productions in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. The statements made as a part of this show should not be taken as an establishment of any form of a veterinary client-patient relationship. All comments are for entertainment and educational purposes only. You should reach out to your local veterinary partner before taking any action on the things that you've heard here today. We hope that you will share this podcast with a friend, and it would mean so much to us if you would take a moment to leave a review wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Show notes, links, and videos to accompany today's show can be found at thefamilypetpodcast.com.